You're listening to the Life Tree Church Sermon of the Week. We pray that as you hear this word, you would be encouraged and inspired as you pursue Jesus in your everyday life. All right. I do have a message. I do have a message that I want to share with you this morning. Um, we've been talking about discipleship. Spent two weeks on it a few weeks back, and then we had James with us, and then last week we had family meeting, and uh, I want to pick back up where we left off. On Easter, we highlighted Jesus saying, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go, therefore, make disciples, right? Of all the nations, teach them to do and obey everything that I've commanded you. And here we have the resurrected King Jesus saying, teach people to look and act like me. These are important words. And so we're taking some weeks to look at how Jesus made disciples and what he taught them. We talked a couple weeks back about life-on-life discipleship. Jesus called them to just be with him. Now I want to talk a bit about what Jesus actually taught his disciples. We're going to go into something specific today. But one of the things that came to my mind as I was thinking about this week, believe it or not, may have nothing to do with what, what Jesus taught, but skateboarding. I remember getting into skateboarding when I was 12 years old. Uh, we moved into Vic West, and we lived like right down the road from the skateboard park that's in Vic West. And I started getting interested in skateboarding at 12 and started hanging out at the skateboard park and learning some tricks. And, and you know, in this two-year period up to about 14, I got all right. You know, I was, I was learning some tricks. I could do an ollie, and I could do a pop shove it. You might not know what that is, but hey, it's okay. And, uh, and I remember there were these sets of stairs down by the Johnson Street Bridge where there was a set of two stairs, a set of three stairs, a set of five stairs. And, uh, and I'd gotten to the point where I could ollie off that set of five stairs. And I was, like, feeling good, you know, about my skateboard skills. And I started hanging out with these guys who were older than me and far better skateboarders than me. And they were, they were guys that I had looked up to, you know, growing up or at the skateboard park who had paid no attention to me and I was blown away by what they did. And I started getting invited to skateboard with them. I remember the very first time I went out skateboarding with these guys, I ollied off a set of eight stairs. It, was, it went from five to eight in one night. And, uh, and there was just this thing that began to happen as I hung out with these guys who were far better at skateboarding than me that I started to get better. You just saw, you saw people doing stuff right in front of you, and you were like, whoa, that's like actually not just in the videos. That's like real life, real people. And, uh, and within a year, I ollied off my first set of 11 stairs. Uh, you can go see it if you like down at View Street and Douglas. It's now all blocked off, so skateboarders can't use it. But, uh, but anyways, 11 stairs, you know, more than doubled my stair count within a year of skateboarding with these guys. And, uh, and the point is, right, is there's this discipleship principle at work there that you hang around people who are further along in their journey than you, and you naturally learn more. You guys know what I'm talking about? And uh, that's life on life, like we talked about a couple weeks ago. And I think of, like, people even in this church. I've learned a lot about hospitality and just hosting microchurches from Bruce and Sonia Jones. 
They're just solid at it. I've learned how to listen well and share wisdom from Jason and Christine sitting in mine and Chelsea's living room and just listening to what's going on in our lives. You know, I learned from my parents how to operate in the prophetic, how to pray. There was just stuff that I saw and witnessed being around them that was imparted into my life. And what I want to kind of point out today is that when you hang around Jesus long enough, he's going to lead you into doing some things that you might have not thought possible. Okay? Because that, that's, that's the way he works. You know? I, I never thought when I first went out with those guys that I could ollie off a set of 11 stairs. Jesus has more in mind for my life than just being able to ollie off 11 stairs, just so you know. And, and he calls us into these things that, that may seem impossible. And I want to highlight today something specific. We're going to look at Matthew 10, okay? We're going to start there, and then we're going to jump to Matthew 17 a little after. But in Matthew 10, verse 1, here it is. You might be familiar with it. Jesus called his 12 disciples to him and gave them authority to drive out impure spirits and to heal every disease and sickness. And then we're going to go down to verse 7. As you go, he told them, Proclaim this message. The kingdom of heaven has come near. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse those who have leprosy, drive out demons. Freely you have received, freely give. Now what's going on here in this this portion of scripture we just read? Jesus, what has Jesus been doing up to this point in Matthew? He's been going around saying the kingdom of heaven has come near to you, healing the sick, Casting out demons, cleansing those with leprosy, raising the dead, all this sort of stuff that he just said to them. In other words, Jesus is like, you've been watching me do this. Now go do it. Your turn. Now, now here's the thing that we see in this, right? Like He, he actually um, calls them to do what he had been doing. How do you think the disciples felt when he said that? How do you think you would have felt? A little like, uh, all right, all right. And it says he gave them authority to do it, right? Now, maybe, I don't know, I just don't think that was like there was some like mystical orb or something and he into their chest. I, th- I think like he just said what we just read. Go do that. That was the authorization. Just him speaking it, him saying, go do this. That gave them the authority to do it. He had been displaying this authority. What did he tell them to say before they healed the sick? What did he say? Just read it. Before he said heal the sick, he told them to say something. What did he tell them to say? Yeah. The kingdom is here. The kingdom of heaven has come near to you. In other words, there is this reality about where God rules and reigns his kingdom. Things that are broken get fixed. He makes all things new. The healing of sick bodies is actually a manifestation of the rule and reign of God. And Jesus went around doing that very thing. Jesus never planned to be the only one declaring and displaying the kingdom. He said, I'm going to do it, now you go do it. You've seen it, now you go do it. And notice, I want to just point out, notice he didn't command his disciples, go pray for the sick. Did you catch that? He says, heal the sick. 
it's like, what? Uh, what? <laughs> Jesus, how, how do I do that? And this is the thing I want us to catch, okay? We're talking, right, about Jesus saying, teach them to do everything I taught you. Right? That's what he said. We looked at that on Easter. I think we like to kind of pick and choose which parts of what Jesus said to do that we're going to actually follow through on. But in the same way that there came a time in these guys' journey with Jesus that he said, okay, your turn. There comes a time in our journey when we read the words of Jesus and we realize the words he was speaking to them are speaking to us. Anybody ever have that experience? You're reading the Bible and you, and you, and you come across something and you realize God is speaking to me right now through this. I had that moment with this scripture way back, 2003. So I'm 21 years old, I'm baby Christian, and I remember seeing these words on the pages and realizing, oh, this is a command to disciples of Jesus. I'm seeking to live as a disciple of Jesus. These words apply to me. And I remember I was, you know, sharing this journey with my dad a bit, and I have this memory. This is 2003, June 2003. This is the first time ever I, I, I went to see someone healed. I am going to use the term prayed for people to be healed because that was my paradigm for it, okay? And it's okay. It's not, it's not the end of the world to have that paradigm. And we'll talk about that later. But, but I remember we were downtown, and I saw a guy in a wheelchair on Yates Street. And I just said... Well, Jesus said it. Like, there was no, like, you know, there was no, like, voice from heaven or anything like that. It was just like, well, it says this, so we should do it. And my dad was like, if you think you should do it, go do it. And uh, so I went up to the guy, and my opening line was like, hi, I'm a Christian. Can I pray for you to be healed? <laughs> it was very awkward. It was like, that was, that was like my, my great, you know, segue to this person I'd never met before. And, um, and I prayed for him, and he didn't get healed. Um, sorry if that you, had, you thought it was going somewhere better than that, but, uh, but that's kind of the way it went down. And, uh, and then that same month, this is the interesting part, okay? Bob Brasse, anybody know Bob Brasse? Show hands, who knows Bob Brasse? Bob Brasse invites me to come with him to a conference that's hosting a man from England that God had connected him to that many of you may know now, Jonathan Conrath. Show hands, who knows Jonathan Conrath? Uh, first time coming to Victoria. And Bob's like, hey, can you come and be a part of this ministry team? You're just going to pray for people to be, to be healed. And it was right in line with this time when God was starting to highlight these scriptures to me. I said, yes. And I went to this conference and I hung out with these guys who had seen the sick healed before. And I heard stories and faith was built in my heart. And the first night... I got asked to come up. I was part of this team, you know, healing the sick. Never done this before in my life. And, uh, and this guy comes forward, 73 years old. And when he was 20, he worked in a sawmill, and he developed tinnitus, constant ringing in his ears. Prayed for him, and I can still remember his eyes just going wide. Because for the first time in over 50 years, the ringing stopped. It was gone. Yeah, yay, God is right. You guys can clap, you can do whatever, you can just let it settle in, whatever. But um, 
Yeah, I think sometimes there's this thing that happens with us where, where Jesus says things to us like, heal the sick. And we have sort of selective hearing with Jesus. You know, we, we believe like in this idea of what he says we should do. So we're like, yeah, Jesus, I, I really like that love your neighbor stuff. I like that one. You know? But then he says things like give to those who ask. He's like, uh, yeah, maybe later. When I have more money, maybe I'll do that, you know. Or love your enemies. No way, Jesus. Not doing that one. Heal the sick. Impossible, Jesus. That's impossible. You can't do that. So we really get, get hit with this position we're in. Where King Jesus says these things and and in many ways, it is that simple. Like, are we going to listen or not, right? And I know that's not like maybe always the most convincing thing. But he's got good plans. He's got good things in store. And sometimes in this journey of healing, for me, it has been just that simple. Doing what he says. Obeying it. Other times I have felt led by the Spirit. I could tell you stories of that. I've had other times where I experienced what I would call the gift of faith. I've had this three times in my life. First two times I had it, I was standing in front of this person. I just said to them, Sorry, you're going to get healed right now. Because it dropped into me. They got healed. And the third time is actually in progress right now. Somebody I met just recently, and I just felt it hit me. You're going to get healed. And the sense I had when, when it was hitting me was it's going to be over time. I believe we're going to hear an amazing story from this. Leave it at that. But so we have Jesus saying to us, you know, heal the sick. We have this choice whether we're actually going to faithfully walk it out and seek to do what he says. And one of the common objections, you may be very familiar with it, or maybe this is the first time in your life someone's really presented you with the idea that Jesus saying this applies to you today. But I know for me, the common objection in the early part of my journey was, well, what if they don't get healed? Anybody familiar with that one coming up inside of you? What if it doesn't happen? One of the best responses to that that I've heard over the years is, well, what if it does? And I think to myself, when that, that objection comes up, well, what if it doesn't happen? It's like, man, how we like to be liked. Oh, man, how we like to appear put together, you know? Not seem crazy. Well, I know somebody who was definitely accused of being crazy. His name is Jesus. And so following on that path with him, yeah, there's stuff that he leads us to do that is odd, it's weird maybe to some. But my experience, guys, is that every time I have offered somebody this essential, hey, can I pray for you? Because that's a better, I don't know, I find that line works better than can I heal you. So... Um, can I pray for you, is, is, is this, um, the thing that's happened is there's always been positive results. 
When I say that, I don't mean that every single time that I've made that offer to somebody that they got healed right then and there, or even that I know whether they got healed down the road. But what I have had happen time and time again is, is, is good interactions with people. And when I say good, I mean some of them, they probably didn't like it. They were, I've had people get mad at me, but I'm convinced that Jesus used it. But one that comes to mind that you've maybe heard me share before, but it's worth saying at this moment, is, is a guy that I did work for for years as a roofer. And he had a broken leg, and I asked him, hey, can I pray for you to be healed? We prayed. Nothing seemed to happen in that moment. Two years later, I ran into him, and he's like, hey, I'm following Jesus, man. And I'm like, that's awesome. Tell me the story. And he said, you remember that time you prayed for me two years ago? Yeah. He's like, well, I didn't get healed. (laughs) But it hit me. There's people who really believe this stuff. And that was the beginning of his journey coming to know Jesus. He serves on the board of another church here in Victoria now. He, he, he's walking with Jesus still to this day. And it all started, or part of his story started with somebody just saying, can I pray for you to be healed? And I do want to acknowledge that there are times when it doesn't happen. I've already told you a story about when, two stories now, about when nothing seemed to happen. But the question is, what do we do? What do we do when it doesn't happen? Do we just throw in the towel? I mean, what if, what if we went to Jesus and we were like, hey, Jesus, you know, I tried that love my neighbor stuff. It didn't work. <laughs> Sorry. You know, I'm, just, I'm done with that command now. I really, really tried, but it didn't work. Is that what we do? So when, when, you, when you're trying to learn to love your neighbor, what do you do? You keep learning. You stick with the process, right? There, there is this, this thing that's like, okay, Jesus calls us to do stuff like love our enemies and all sorts of other stuff that's pretty, pretty dramatic, maybe even seemingly impossible. I mean, love your enemies has to be one of the most revolutionary things that's ever been said in human history. And he calls us to it. And, and, and we don't just go, well, I tried that love thing, Jesus, and it doesn't work. So, yeah, I don't know what you were thinking there, but, yeah, it doesn't work. So, whatever. But for some reason with this one, we tend to kind of allocate it over there. Well, it doesn't work. I don't know why he said that. And, uh, and I, I believe that there's actually a call for us to, to dig a little deeper. You know, two of the other things I've noticed happen when, when it doesn't happen, maybe you can relate with this, but we develop one of two things, or maybe even both. Complex theology, or we, we develop this whole kind of way of thinking about it that really complicates things, or cynicism. Show of hands, any cynics in the house? No, you don't have to raise your hand. But the... Uh, I have, had, I have had like this real conviction happening in me lately where I've just felt like Jesus talking to me, saying, Caleb, being cynical is not a fruit of the Spirit. Cynicism is not a fruit of the Spirit. Super complicated theology is also not listed as one of the fruits of the Spirit. Faith is. Faith is a fruit of the Spirit. Particularly, Jesus says, 
You need faith like a what to enter the kingdom? Like a child, right? Faith like a child. And there's just this invitation from Jesus to just be simple in our approach. So the question I want to ask is, what does what does a disciple of Jesus do when it doesn't happen? And we have this amazing story. It's in three of the Gospels. Matthew, Mark, and Luke all gave us records of it, and they all have little features that we can learn from that are, that are slight nuances added in each one, but we're going to look at it today. Matthew 17, starting verse 14 to 20. I'm going to read it, and then we'll keep going. When they came to the crowd, a man approached Jesus and knelt before him. Lord, have mercy on my son, he said. He has seizures and is suffering greatly. He often falls into the fire or into the water. I brought him to your disciples, but they could not heal him. Jesus says, You unbelieving and perverse generation. Gentle Jesus, right? Jesus replied, how long shall I stay with you? How long shall I put up with you? Bring the boy here to me. Jesus rebuked the demon, and it came out of the boy, and he was healed at that moment. Here's the key part. Then the disciples came to Jesus in private and asked, why couldn't we drive it out? He replied, because you have so little faith. Simple answer. Truly, I tell you, if you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move. Nothing will be impossible for you. And some manuscripts, it's not here in the NIV, some manuscripts have this added part, and this kind comes out only by prayer and fasting. But in many ways, that statement, whether it's in the original or not, is inconsequential to the story, or at least the point that I want us to catch today. And it's this. They couldn't do it, right? Jesus does the very thing that they couldn't do. And what do the disciples do? They go to Jesus. They say, Jesus, why couldn't we? In other words, they don't develop a big thing on, well, I guess it wasn't God's will. It was clearly God's will. Jesus did it. That wasn't the issue. So they they go to Jesus and they ask, Jesus, why? And he gives them this simple, he highlights their unbelief and their little faith. Now we can hear that as a really hard thing if you want, but there's, there's a key to healing that he's giving us right then and there. What is it? faith. Okay? You want to know what a key to faith is? Jesus. Hang out with Jesus. Spend time with Jesus. Read and watch Jesus. By watch Jesus, I mean like read the Gospels, but there's also, you know, now great TV out there called The Chosen. I'm, I'm sure there's going to come a day in the next generation where inst- like we'll be saying in Matthew 17 verse, and then they'll say, in Chosen, season 3, episode 2. No, the, uh, 
Anyway. Point is, we keep coming back to Jesus. You keep coming back to Jesus. You don't give up on Jesus. We stick with Jesus. What he said is true or it's not. But we don't, we don't, we don't have to create all these new beliefs, new theology. We just say, Jesus, you know, help my faith. In the, in the story from Mark of this same story, the father says to Jesus, Jesus, I believe, but help my unbelief. There's this beautiful picture that's like, yeah, I think somewhere in me I believe this, but will you please help me, help me believe? I think we all can relate to that a lot, right? And so what I want to say to you guys here at Life Tree, we want to stick with Jesus. We want to stick with Jesus' words. We want to keep on reaching out those hands and laying them on the sick and saying, be healed in Jesus' name. We want to take risks. We want to be willing to agree with Jesus, agree with his words, step out into the seemingly impossible. Right? He says, if you have faith, like a mustard seed, speak to this mountain, it will move. He says, nothing will be impossible for you. So we're going to do something really practical here this morning. This is just like classroom here right now, okay? And uh, I encourage you to engage. But I want to I wanna share with you something. This has been around a long, long time. It's called the five-step healing model. Anybody ever heard of that? We've got just a few, a few hands. Okay, we've got it. I believe we have a slide. Everybody give me the, oh, look, I saw the heads turn. We definitely have a slide. Here it is, okay? Step one, ask, what do you need? Can we do that together? There's something, there's something about actually doing things together, putting practice. So let's just do that together right now. Can we say together, what do you need? Good job. You guys got it. You got the first step nailed. So a person responds to you with what they need. Now, this is where the whole prayer thing versus commanding healing might come in play. If you're going up to a complete stranger because you feel inclined to or Jesus leading you to, it's okay to say, can I pray for you? Might be an easier, easier way. Step two, they've expressed to you what they need. They need healing of. We what? Number two, listen to God. Okay, so maybe there's actually a special instruction how many of you were here a couple weeks ago when James Bonney was here and sharing stories? I think he had a story where God, he felt like God led him to sing head, shoulders, knees, and toes with the person. And they got healed, right? And so there's this, there's just, there may be special instructions. Jesus did some interesting things when he healed the sick. Step three. What is it? You guys read them out to me. Let's participate here. So this is an important part, like where you actually sit and you, the best way I can describe it to you is trying to actually connect with the heart of God for the person. So it may be actually a prayer prayed out loud of like, Lord, just let your love come over them head to toe. Or maybe it's just in the tone that you speak to them. Maybe it's in the way that you look at them. But the, the point is, is letting them know that God loves them 
and actually letting yourself know that God loves them. Because it says again and again, Jesus was moved with compassion and he healed them. Step four, command the healing. This is the key part, guys. It's like in the scriptures, you don't see anywhere Jesus saying, oh, Father, please, please do this. There's nowhere where you see Jesus' disciples going, oh, Lord, please do this for this person. You know, the first story that we have in detail of Jesus' disciples healing somebody is in Acts 3, and they say to the man who's crippled, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, go for it, Hannah, get up and walk. There, there, there is this position that we're actually invited into as followers of Jesus, right? He gave them authority to do what he had been doing. There's this position we're invited into to actually command healing to happen in people's bodies. You might be uncomfortable with that. It might feel weird to you. Well, alling off 11, sets of 11 stairs takes time. You know, it didn't get it the first time. There's something about doing things, repetition, making things a part of our culture, part of our life, part of our routine. Okay? Step five. Test it out. Actually look for healing to happen. So I remember, the first time I remember hearing this detail this way was on a trip to Nicaragua in 2009 with Impact Nations the missions organization, a short-term missions trip. I was there with a friend, Kyle Chong. Some of you might know Kyle from back in the day. Uh, Josh and Kelly were there, and Josh's brothers, Caleb and Micah, and a bunch of other people. They taught us this model, and we went around, and I have right here a journal that I bought in Nicaragua. Isn't it awesome, Mario Brothers? And, uh, and it's full of testimonies of people getting healed. Remember last week, I encouraged you guys to pause, reflect, remember, write down what you've seen God do in your life. Well, this is one of those for me. When I open this up, there are stories of people getting healed in these pages that I'm shocked that I could forget them. And yet I read them and I'm like, oh yeah, that tumor disappeared in that woman's leg and a doctor right then and there verified it. Oh, yeah, that person who was deaf, their ear opened up. Oh, yeah, that guy who had been beat up like that week and his shoulder was all messed up, started lifting his shoulder above his head and tears streaming down his face, and he gave his life to Jesus. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, there's like there's a ton of it in here. But one of the things that strikes me right at the end of the, the testimonies that are in this, it was our last night in Nicaragua. And we met a youth group from Pennsylvania who was staying at the same place as us. And they had been down there on like some spring break or su- no, it was summertime, it was July, um, missions trip. And they were from a pretty conservative church. They had never heard anything like this. And we told them all these stories of seeing people get healed that week. And we said, hey, he can do it through you too. Normal people. And we taught them this five-step model. We took it out. I didn't have a PowerPoint because we were just, you know, hanging out in uh, the patio. We had them all, hey, who needs to be healed? There was someone with a wrist injury healed right then and there. They had never seen anything like it. There was someone who had damaged their knee on that trip and had come in that night limping. 
totally healed then and there. And there was another guy who was a part of our team that night, had a rash break out. His whole back was red with a rash and hives. They prayed for him, and his back, in like less than 30 minutes, was completely settled down and normal. They'd never seen anything like this before. They were blown away. And it was just a simple sharing testimonies about what we had seen God do and teaching the simple model. And a bunch of people got healed that night. So here's what we're going to do. You don't have to, okay? But I invite you. We're going to practice right here, right now. You guys all right with that? If you're like the no in the room, well, oh well. You're dismissed. Free to go or hang out. But um, if you need healing in your body, you want healing in your body, um, I'm going to invite you to be so bold as to stand up. All right. Wow, they just keep keep coming. If you would like to see one of these people healed, I'm going to uh, invite you to head towards one of them. Is that slide still up? Or can it be put back up? And we're going to practice. We're going to practice right here now. So you can start by saying, what do you need? Anybody, anybody stood up and there's nobody who's come to you yet? Put your hand up, please. All right, we're good. Okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hand it over to you guys, the model simple. What do you need? Listen to the Lord, apply the love, command the healing, and ask them to test it out. I realize some things can't be tested here and now, and it's got to be the test of time. But uh, if you can test it out, test it out. Life Tree Church, go for it. Okay, I'm going to give you guys one minute, and then I'm going to interrupt, and we're going to have people testing it out and see how people are feeling, okay? So if you've got to move it along, it's really simple. Be healed in Jesus' name, right?
All right, if they can, if they can test it out, get them to test it out. Okay, any, anybody, anybody in here able to test out whatever you're receiving for right now? And give us a wave if you're feeling improvement or all better. I got two over here. It's awesome. Anybody else? Jay, you feeling improvement? Yeah? Awesome, awesome. No, no pressure, but anybody feeling improvement want to testify? You want to you wanna actually tell us what's feeling better? It's okay if you don't. That's fine. We respect that privacy. We thank you, Jesus. So there's something, guys, I want I to share this with you. When you see improvement in people, we thank God for it. We simply say thank you. There's something just in that posture of gratitude that is powerful. And so, Lord, we just say thank you. We thank you for three hands going up. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to encourage you guys, if you feel to, keep on ministering to the people with you. You can. But I'm, gonna, I'm actually going to wrap us up here. I really wanted us to move today into actually practicing. Because there's something about, like, like was said to us by Beth Ann this morning, getting up out of our seat, moving and actually getting into the routine, the rhythm of going after seeing people get healed. You want to share what, what happened? Let's hear it. Come on. My name is Vince. Hi, we, Vince. Yeah, well, um, a few days ago, there was a big windstorm, and they blew a tree down in our backyard across our fence. And so yesterday, my wife and I out there, we were cutting up limbs and stuff, and and then my legs are very stiff. This morning I was didn't really want to walk, <laughs> and you know. So Brother Gary he prayed for us, and yeah. So I can bend my my legs down very nicely. Come on, you know. Hey, you know. So God is good. He's our healer. Thank you, Jesus. So that that's that's improvement from how you were feeling since the other day. Come on. Awesome. Thank you, Vince. There's, so, there's something in just like sharing testimony that actually encourages and goes, oh, wow, stuff happening. I'm, uh, I, I feel like maybe you got something too? The thing that impacted me with what that fellow just shared was you got injured yesterday, right? Yeah. So to me, it's like, uh, you know, we don't, it's like just this everyday sort of pain. Like, yeah, I overworked, my muscles are sore. Oh, Jesus, turn to him. Like, it's not, we don't have to live with this for years or normal days. Come on. Anybody else you want to share before, we, before we're done here? Oh, Marty's coming up. Awesome. Give it up for Marty first, please. Family, Life Tree family. Uh, my knuckles for the last three months or so have been really sore. I'm not sure what from, uh, maybe from doing weights, maybe from playing bass, I don't know. But they were bothering me a bit this morning. And Michael and Carolyn and a few others prayed, and they feel fine right now. No, no pain at all. Come on. Come on. It's awesome. 
So as you go into your week, you now have testimonies. You, you saw people, knees, knuckles that were sore, healed. So you actually can go to someone this week and say, yeah, I've seen Jesus heal people before. Uh, would, you, would you like him to do something for you? What do you need? Can I pray for you? Whatever way you feel led to open up with that. And use this simple five steps. Okay? Can we all stand together and then we're going to close. I'm just going to pray. Father, we thank you for what we have seen you do here today. Father, we thank you for what we have seen you do over the years collectively in this room. We've all seen you move in different ways. We thank you that with you nothing is impossible. And I ask that by your spirit you would make us a people who agree with you on that statement. Make us a people who agree with you in your plans for how your kingdom will be declared and displayed in the city of Victoria. We ask you to continue to strengthen our faith and give us courage to step into the opportunities you present to us for your glory, for your name to be known, for people to come to know the love you have for them in the city of Victoria. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to the Life Tree Church Sermon of the Week. At Lifetree, we are a family all about declaring and displaying Jesus to transform lives and benefit our city. If you'd like to find out more about Lifetree, you can find us online at lifetree.ca.